that is the that is the voice that's leading you in the direction of your life, in the direction of your the highest, most amazing version of your life, you know, your life purpose. And so when people ask, okay, why are we here? It's to fill your to fulfill your life's purpose. And the soul, once you get in touch with that voice, that's the voice that leads you to flow. And that's the voice that leads you to have everything unfold as magically as you know, you thought it would or Welcome to your next chapter. Regardless where you stand or sit, the time to start creating a life you want is now. For some of you, that will start with a 1% shift. For others, it may mean a complete overhaul. Whether you want to start a business, a new career, or take your romantic relationship to the next level, your next chapter is the podcast that provides millennials, the coaches, experts, and entrepreneurs to build the life you want. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in today. On the line with me, I got Katie Fenn from Toronto. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and join my audience today. Great. Can't wait. I'd like to start off by asking all my guests, if your life was the name of a book, what would be the title for your book? The title of my book would be called True Love is Not for the Faint of Heart. Um, true love is not for the faint of heart. Wow, that's a pretty elaborate title. Okay, I like it. I like it. Why would you call your life that? Um, because I think that the guiding force in my life always is to um, be deeply in love with myself, to be deeply in love with my life, to be deeply in love with everything around me and share that love with other people. And I think that that's ultimately why we're here. Um but I think that what's lost in that message and in the message of choosing to be happy and in positive psychology is that it actually takes work and that there's a lot of inner work and inner reflection um, and inner turmoil and inner darkness that has to be dealt with in order to get to that point. And so, um, you know, on the one hand, it is the truest, most blissful love that you'll ever feel and, um, and you'll feel the most elevated that you could ever possibly feel in your life. But, you know, it takes work to get there. And I think that that's important for people to know. And I think that um, telling people about the journey. And so to me, that's that's part of it. It's, you know, true love is not for the faint of the heart. And so faint of heart is talking about the journey. What does it take to actually be a warrior and kind of continue on your path, even when it's difficult, knowing that there's these amazing vistas that are along along the way. For the audience, tell them, where are you deeply in love with your life right now? Um, I feel deeply in love with um, m most areas of my life, but I would say, um, you know, I feel deeply in love with the way that I show up for my life each way would be the way that I would perhaps summarize it best in that, you know, yeah, there are external things in my life that I love. I love my friends. I love the trips. I love the experiences that I get to have in my life. But where I feel most deeply in love with my life is um, the love that I've just cultivated day to day kind of for the mundane day to day, just, you know, the feeling that I have in my heart that I continue to cultivate each day. Um, 
And that to me is where I feel most in love is just, you know, sitting and being and doing nothing and finding love in, in the moments of nothingness. Amazing. For the people in the audience that don't know too much about you, talk a bit about what chapter of your life you're in right now and what you do in your day to day. So, um, in my day to day, I am a practicing lawyer. And so I've been practicing now about four years, almost five. And um, while I practice law during the day, and I do really enjoy that, I also do um, a number of things in my spare time as well that are also fueling my other passions. Um, so, I also am a kids' meditation teacher. Um, and I also have created this community of women in Toronto that we're growing that's designed to empower and uplift one another. And so I'm kind of, I'm a number of things, um, but that is where I'm at right now. We met at an event in Toronto called Man Talks, and when we started chatting there, you told me a bit about Girl Tribe. You're the co-founder of bringing this to Toronto Talk a little bit more about what is Girl Tribe. So Girl Tribe is a community of women, and it's a community of women that are fueled with passion and who are dedicated to living a life of connection and service. And so in that, it's basically um, a community of women who have really taken responsibilities for their life and who have owned what their passions are and are looking for a community to support them while they go after their dreams. Because, um, you know, all of us can go ahead and try and get after our goals and make our visions a reality all by ourselves, but there's such power in coming together to really support and collaborate. And so that's what we wanted to create for women. How did you get involved? We were talking a bit about this before this call that you are wanting to bring in here to Toronto. You, Robin Savage is the founder of Vancouver, but how did you get involved with this project and bring it over here to Toronto? Um, so I was actually, I had this idea that I really wanted to start building um, community in Toronto because I was finding different people that were on the same path and had similar passions as myself. And I was kind of meeting them in silos. I was meeting them um, in, you know, little events here or there, but there were, there weren't a lot of events in Toronto and um, that were creating space for people to have the types of transformational conversations that I wanted to have. So I had this dream of, of creating this community for women to have these types of conversations that I was having randomly. And so at the same time that I had that idea, I went to um, this event at a Lululemon store and it was called Goddess Group. And there I was paired with this woman, uh, Jacqueline Shaw, who now has become the co-founder with myself. And as I was speaking with her, she had actually created this whole network of moms and she was telling me about how she's really passionate about um, empowering mothers and empowering moms to live you know deeply fulfilling lives outside of raising their children and including raising their children and she and I um, just automatically connected I said that's so amazing I've been thinking of doing the same thing but I kind of want to do it more for millennial women more women my age and then she and I had that um, spark there and then she is friends with with Robin and shared that idea with her and Robin had at the same time had the idea to start um, Girl Tribe Vancouver so it all kind of came together at once very 
serendipitously, and we've been able to support the Vancouver chapter in the same way that the Vancouver chapter has been able to support us. And we've now been able to support a Hong Kong chapter and a San Francisco chapter, and it continues to grow from there. It's spreading like wildflower all over the place. Mm-hmm. I think it's time. I think that a lot of um, men and women are are kind of at especially I think when they're in their late 20s, early 30s, are are at kind of a tipping point and really determining where they want their life to be going and whether they're going in the right direction or not. And I think that um, so that's why people are looking for community. They're looking for support. They're looking for inspiration. They're looking for other people that are aligned with their interests. And so I think that that's why it's really been taking off in the way that it has. Well, that's very reminiscent of my story. I was 30, living in Vancouver, working in corporate finance, and had a very good job on paper. But communities like Man Talks and Chasing Sunrise showed me that there's more to life than just, you know, paying your bills. And I knew I was dissatisfied in my job and I was unhappy. And that's why I started to seek out these communities. And so this podcast is a direct byproduct of that. When we recognize that we're not happy, and I was definitely in that 20, 30-year-old millennials that... You know, I was told that, you know, this is how you live your life. You go out, you get a job, and you pay the bills. But I was so dissatisfied in that that I had to, like, turn the corner. And so I'm really happy to hear that you guys are providing an outlet for women here in Toronto to connect and maybe look at, you know, what other alternatives are there to live your life differently. Yeah. it's Yeah, it's really powerful. On the Girl Tribe website, it says that Girl Tribe is about awakening your spirit, promoting good health, and going after your dreams. How do you guys awaken this spirit? This is something I want to chat a bit about with you. And so like, how do you guys dig into that and help people awaken that part of themselves? I mean, um, a big passion of mine is, is spirituality and is, is teaching and helping others to define what spirituality means for them and what their connection to their communities and the connection to a, a power that is higher than them is and so that looks different for everyone and everyone's journey of awakening and of transcending their levels of consciousness is different and so um, when I think of awakening spirit the biggest thing is really just to support one another in our own respective journeys and I find one of the biggest and best ways to do that is just to share your own stories and your own process and um, the own, you, you know, the things that have inspired you to develop your own connection to to the universe. Um, and so part of what we endeavor to do is really to teach women about that in a way that is um, accessible and um, make sense of them. So some of the things that we do on our social media accounts is everything from sharing about what different astrological shifts are happening are to, you know, allowing women to get really clear about their goals and then also calling in um, the power of a spirit higher than them to really help them in uh, manifesting their vision. I was on the Girl Tribe Instagram prior to this interview and I saw, I guess in Toronto, a recent event where you guys had a bunch of women gather and it seemed like a late evening picnic. And so is that a part of it where you guys all come together and just really help support one another in the visions and dreams that you have for one another? I love that it was that you saw that the photo the photo was taken a little bit later in the night. It actually the event started much earlier, but we were all just gabbing for so long 
that then then it was actually quite late by the time that we <laughs> we left the park I think at 11 and the event had started at um, around 6:30 I think so um, part of part of what we do is we bring in different speakers and that the last one that we did was about awakening the chakras and it was trying to demystify the chakras and how these energy centers in our body work for people. Um, but then there's another aspect of it that's always social too. So while we had the speaker come in, we also, um, there was an opportunity to share and connect with different people based on some questions that the speaker led us through. And then after that, um, we basically all just hang out and um, share with one another and it, it's never it's pretty organic just the way that it ends up working out but a big part of it is both teaching and supporting one another but also really just creating this community and it, it's been so easy to to be able to have that like I would have never imagined that we would stay there for two or three hours after the event ended but I you know I wasn't surprised um but what I think is so beautiful about it too is that you're just creating these spaces for people there's for the most part, there's no alcohol ever involved. It's really just people connecting in a really truthful and authentic way, which I think is also a, a really beautiful thing to be building. That's so funny because I we were talking a bit about this before the call. I did the Elevated Man workshop this weekend, and afterwards it ended at 6 o'clock every day, but we went way past that every time, and nobody wanted to like go or leave afterwards because everybody just wanted to like keep connecting, keep chatting, and there's no alcohol involved. It's just that genuine relationship that you want to build with other people that are aligned with you, and that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, how is Girl Tribe different from other women's empowerment networks that you've come across in your life? Um, I would say that one of the biggest things is that um, it really allows women to... Um, show up as in their authentic self. I think that a lot of the other women's groups that I have come across have to do with your careers. And, you know, your career is obviously a part of who you are, but it is not it is not who you are. Um, and I think that a lot of the women's group, particularly in Toronto or in some of these urban centers, typically are around what your professional designation is. Um, and so what we wanted to do was create a space where, you know, of course, you have similar interests and passions and hobbies, but that it wasn't about um, the women's group wasn't about what school you went to, about what your job is. It wasn't really about any external things. It was um, it's about creating a community of women to support you and just being you and figuring out what that is. And so that's one way that I find that it's quite different. Um, and I also found that um, some of the part of the reason why I really wanted to create it in the city is that I found that some um, some women's groups are are again they're a little bit too focused on on one particular interest and so let's say you're really into energy healing like yeah there's some events that are are tailored specifically to energy healers but if you are you know into exploring personal development but you're not quite at the point that you even know what energy healing is or are interested in that you might feel a bit alienated so what we wanted to do was just create this network and make it be a little bit more general make it just a kind of safe space for women to explore personal development in a way that wasn't too um, professional but also wasn't too woo-woo for people basically well that's a huge thing in the city of Toronto like coming from Vancouver living there for seven years like a lot of self-development is very accepted and, you know, it's a lot more normalized in the culture. While here in Toronto, I feel like it's still 
yeah, a little bit of that woo and that stigma. And so I'm glad to hear that you guys are, you know, trying to get some of that washed away and just kind of making it more accessible to people because I feel that's so integral to people developing and moving forward in their lives. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, there's kind of, there previously was a negative connotation, like you were saying, with personal development and about spirituality. And, and you know, I even had that block with myself when I was younger. And then I realized, you know, all of us are inherently spiritual beings. All of us have passions. All of us have, you know, visions for our lives, hopefully. And, um, and so that I think that sometimes, at least in Toronto, it can get associated with one um, type of way of living or you're one type of person if you're into interpersonal development. And I didn't want to silo that. I wanted to really create an open community. And so I think that it's been really great to cultivate that. Yeah, let's talk about that because you're a lawyer. And this is something I found really interesting about you when we first met is like you're a lawyer. So traditionally, lawyers are not exactly known for their spirituality practices. And so but here you are, you know, very corporate lifestyle but at the same time you're into spirituality was this something that was always a part of you or is it something you've discovered more of late um I think that it's it has been a part of me for quite a long time in that um I mean when it really started to scream at me was when I was around 18 and at that time, I was seeing psychics, and I was reading tarot cards, and I was getting crystals. I was very into spiritual spirituality in a superficial way, right? Like when you first think of some of this stuff, um, that's kind of where people sort of start to dip their toes. And I was really fascinated by all things metaphysical. And then, uh, but growing up, I really, I really wasn't, and I wasn't raised spiritual, and I wasn't raised with you know hippie parents or anything. My parents are very, um, they were. You know, my mom's a teacher, my dad's an engineer, they certainly weren't into this stuff. And so after I went through that stage in university where I was really connected to a lot of this stuff and very intrigued by it, I um, put it all away because I thought, okay, well, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm, you know, living, I was at Queens, I'm living this Queens girl lifestyle. This is not aligned with it. And I couldn't figure out a way how to integrate these metaphysical um these metaphysical teachings and uh, spirituality into my life. I couldn't integrate it. And I thought that if I was going to go down that path, I would have to, you know, leave Toronto. I'd have to go live on a beach somewhere and become a hippie. And so I let go of that part of me. And it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until I started practicing law actually that it kind of, it found me again. And it, one of my biggest realizations was again, that we're all spiritual beings and that my whole a part of my purpose is really to teach people that, that, you know, none of this stuff is really that woo woo. It's not that out there. And how do you apply it to your day to day life? Because what I was noticing is that sometimes when I was hearing teachers speak about this, they were teaching about this stuff and how to apply it to your life. If, if you didn't work in um, a downtown demanding intense job, if you didn't work or if you didn't live downtown and what I was really fascinated by was how do I incorporate these teachings into my life? And then now it's how do I teach this to other people, too, to make it accessible? I just had Alexi Panos on the podcast, and one of her goals is you know, to make personal development mainstream. She feels the world is on this path where more and more people are becoming awake to these ideas because I think there's always been yeah this stigma of just like energy crystals and kind of it's too hippie but how do you make it practical so people see the real advantages of practicing this and you know combine with some very like practical entrepreneur and tactical 
steps to really make it something successful for everyone. So I feel like what you're doing and trying to create in the world is amazing. We need more of that. Yeah, I think I love Alexi Panos because she's on a similar mission, which is ultimately how do we how do we make it so that personal development is accessible? How do you also take, you know, none of these concepts are new, they're ancient wisdom. And so how do you how do we re you know, redefine basically and and rearticulate what so many of these previous, you know, truths and teachings were um, to the mainstream because they are important. They're, you know, they're really amazing ways to feel more connected and happier in your lives. And so I think we're kind of at this tipping point, too, of this polarity where we have some people who are looking to get um, a lot more connected. And we're also having more and more people, I think, feeling disconnected than have ever been before. And I think the key to feeling disconnected is to really reconnect with yourself and to and that's through personal development. For you personally, you said you packed away, you know, your crystals, your energy, your tarot cards when you went to law school, when you went to Queens and Kingston. What pulled you back in? Do you remember like a specific incident or was it more of a gradual progression where you just felt called back to this lifestyle? Um, I think that it was twofold. I think that, you know, it was still certainly a part of me. Like, you know, I say that I put it away, but my law school roommate always reminds me of that the first day that I met her, I pulled out my tarot cards. Um, they, they made a reappearance on the first day of law school, never to be seen again. Um, but I, I think that it was also, um, it called me back. I really, I think that it was, it was my purpose and it was my calling to, to eventually find my way back to this stuff. And I would say that um, what actually was a huge game changer for me is that um, I was going through a transitional period when I first started practicing law and I was, I was feeling really overwhelmed and I didn't know what to do. And, um, and I happened to come across Gabrielle Bernstein, who's an amazing teacher who's become a, a beautiful mentor to me. And um, she really defined these uh, these tools and these concepts in a way that was so accessible to me. And here was this woman, and she looked like me, and she spoke like me, and and I just really deeply connected with her. And it was honestly through coming across her work that I reconnected with all this stuff right away. I just did a deep dive right back into it and haven't looked back since. Well, it's funny you say that because my crystals have traveled with me everywhere. And even like when I went to like Costa Rica or Spain or Poland, wherever, I'd always take them with me. And it's like my shrine has kind of become bigger and smaller depending what stage of my life I was at. But there was lots of times where girls would come over and I, the girls I was dating would be like, what are these like crystals? What are these things? But it's like, it was always a part of me and it's like sometimes less or more, but it's like, yeah. And I feel like now I'm getting called back to it more and more. And when you see things aligning, you're like, okay, this is the path. Like, this is the happiest I've been in like the last five years. It's like, you know, this is saying a lot. Like, I might not be making as much money, nearly anywhere close to what I was making before, but I'm way more aligned right now as a, with my soul than I was before. Amazing. I know you talked to, we chatted a bit about this when we had coffee, that you communicate with spirit. I want to dive into this. Like, how do you communicate with spirit? What does that mean? So, um, I, uh, uh, am a medium um, in the way that I speak with spirit so that I guess that would be the best way to describe it for most people. It's um, most people would just define it as an intuitive gift, but basically um, you can hear or feel spirits through different ways. There are different 
ways of connecting with spirits where you're, and so some people, for example, will smell things and that's how they communicate with spirits. And so they'll get these really strong smells of different things. Other people will hear spirits. In my case, um, I have two ways. Either I'll just get um, visions. And so in that case, it'll be spirit will just provide me with a vision of either something that's um, happened, happening, a person, the, the message that a person needs to see. And so it's kind of just this um, vision that I receive or the primary way that I communicate with spirit is through um, through writing. And so I'll pose questions to spirits and then... Um, and then it's through writing and sort of it's through automatic writing that the message from spirit comes through. Do you set up specific times? Like, do you have like a early morning meditation ritual or does like spirit just come to you in the middle of the street when you're walking downtown Toronto sometime? Um, for the most part, I will inv- I'll be intentional about inviting spirit in. And the thing is with spirit is that, um, that they respect where you're at in your development for the most part. And so for me, spirit would know if it would be really annoying (laughs) if they were coming in all the time. And so they're quite respectful to know that um, I'm intentional with them when I'm connecting and I, and I invite them in and there are certain things that I do in order to invite in their messages. Um, It's only if, if, um, if the message needs to come through, then I'll, I'll, uh, it's getting the feeling like someone is knocking at the door, except obviously no one's knocking at that door, but that feeling that you would get in your body if someone was knocking at the door will be what happens. And that just means that it's a message that I need to receive or that a person who is in front of me or close to me needs to receive that message. And sometimes um, more so the visions will come. Uh, I, I don't expect when they're going to come and it's typically when I'm speaking with someone and then I'll get a vision about some, a message that they need. And so I'll just share that with them. So that's the only time when the message needs to get through. And it's, it's usually when I'm speaking with another person and it's a message that's not for me, it's for them. For people who want to tap into their spirituality more and become more connected with their spiritual side, what would you recommend for them to get started? Um, I would recommend first and foremost always to start meditating. And I think that meditation becomes intimidating for people um, and it need not be. When I first started meditating, I would sit there with an iPhone alarm and for five minutes and I would just, you know, breathe in, let, and then exhale, go. And I did that for a long time before I could advance from there. And I think that the the truest way for you to um, connect with your spirituality means that you have to connect with yourself first because your truest self, your highest self and the self that you really are um, will come through in meditation. You eventually will be able to connect with that place of clarity in yourself, that voice of deep knowing that your intuitive voice. And that's ultimately what guides your your spiritual connection beyond that. But the number one thing really is to start, um, is to start meditating in my opinion. And the other way I guess too, is then just noticing, um, you know, step one, two, just noticing, okay, um, is this my personality mind? Is this my ego mind? Is this my, the voice of my inner critic or my inner perfectionist or, you know, the person that's running the show or what is the voice of my higher self, my soul, my spirit, what does that sound like? And someone, when I was first doing a deep, when I was first diving into this, she just explained it to me 
as, you know, your intuitive voice, your higher self, that is um, the voice in you that is your wisest, truest self. It is your best friend. And so picture in any situation, if you were speaking to your best friend, what would they say to you? Or if you were, you know, if you were giving advice to someone that you cared about the most, what would that voice be? And what, what, what is that voice in you? And learning to discern the difference between what your personality is and your ego mind and the mind that has been created over our lives based on our experiences and based on you know, where we were born and what's happened to us versus the voice of our, our true self, our deepest self and our oldest part of ourselves. That's, um, that's another fun way just to start noticing and witnessing for ourselves. That was going to be my second question. You totally took it away from me. I was like, well, once you start breathing in deeply and you do five minutes of breathing, I'm like, what are you trying to observe? But I feel like you just summed it all up there really nicely. So it's really about connecting with your deepest voice and your intuition. You're trying to, I guess to summarize, silence everything else and really connect with your deepest self. Yeah, because that it is your deepest self, your and the your highest self that is the that is the voice that's leading you in the direction of your life, in the direction of your the highest, most amazing version of your life, you know, your life purpose. And so when people ask, okay, why are we here? It's to fill your to fulfill your life's purpose. And the soul, once you get in touch with that voice, that's the voice that leads you to flow. And that's the voice that leads you to have everything unfold as magically as, you know, you thought it would. Or, you know, it's that voice that leads you to be walking down the street and then happen to run into the person that you were just thinking of. And it's that voice, once you learn how to trust that voice and touch into it, that that's the voice that's that's leading you into kind of into the magic. And and that's it's when you experience that magic, I think, is then when people start to really connect to spirituality because they say, wow, I can't explain these things any other way. A, the way that I'm feeling and B, just the way that things are flowing so easily in my life or wow, I was just thinking this is my dream. And then this person called me in. Um, but it, it comes through through trusting that voice because that that voice will never lead you in the wrong direction. It's our mind that that will. And so it's learning how to silence kind of that that chatter mind or the mind that is, you know, telling us that we should be going somewhere or we should be going in this direction and really learning how to tap into, into our intuitive voice, which is, it's the one that it's got the blueprint for our life. You know, it's got the map and knows where we should be going. We just choose not to listen to it. For people who, and I fall into this boat, it's one of my fears of falling, my spiritual side is that if you pursue spirituality, you're not going to have like financial wealth. What would you say to somebody from your personal point of view that, you know, can spirituality and financial abundance be aligned? Yeah, I think that that's bullshit when people say that. I think that is, you know, their own. I think that that's something that the mind has told us, right? It's it's not true. There, I mean, even if you want a, you know, fa- facts to to show the mind that it's possible, there are many spiritual teachers who are very financially abundant. Um, and so I like think Deepak that, Chopra and... sure, like Gabrielle Bernstein, right. Who's become a, she's become a mentor of mine. And one of the things that Gabrielle often speaks about is of course, you know, if you are going down this path, everything that you need to serve will be provided to you. And her biggest thing in terms of how she, how she speaks about it and looks at it is just, you know, what actually do you, do you need to serve? Some people, I think that, um, that they they want more money than than 
they actually need. And for other people, they end up having large sums of money come to them when they start going down this path, um, more so than they could ever imagine, because um, they're begin being given these resources so that they can serve even more, that they can, you know, express their message in a way that um, that they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. But I think that that's just another story that people tell tell themselves. I think that, you know, as long I just believe that when you're following the path of your heart and you're following the path of where you're being directed to go, that everything flows. And that includes um, being taken care of financially. I agree with you that my mind, and that's, I think the distortion between like your ego and maybe the logic of, you know, the Western world versus, you know, pursuing a higher purpose where you kind of just have to trust in the universe that everything will be provided for you and everything will align down the road. Yeah. And I think it's also, I mean, even I was speaking with this woman that I've been um, doing some spiritual mentoring and coaching with, and she's right at the beginning stages of, um, starting to share her uh, energy healing work and she's in she's in a period of transition because she left her job and she was you know making she had a solid steady paycheck then and what we got really clear about was just okay well right what right now are your actual needs like for you to be able to show up fully and you know feel that you're able to show up for your clients get really clear like what is it that you need okay i need rent to be paid for how much is that i need you know delicious organic food so that my body feels amazing okay great how much is that going to cost i need to be able to um you know have a bike because then i can bike everywhere and that's how i move each day and that's what makes me feel amazing great how much is that and I think that just like getting really clear for ourselves at each stage of our life, what actually do we need in order to be showing up as our highest self? And then it'll be provided for us. And it just happens that down the road, yeah, okay, now it'll be, you're in a different stage. Okay, I have a family. What do I need to, to provide for my family? How much is that? What do I need to be able so that I, you know, I, what types of equipment do I need for my computer so that I can make even more amazing podcasts with you know, even better, um, even better quality, quality. I'm like, how do you make a podcast? <laughs> but, but, you know, and I think it's just really getting clear about, I, I, yeah, I just always think of it as the, what, whatever we need to serve will be provided to us as long as we're clear about it. And as long as we're not kind of overshooting it too, I think that we have, um, we have this idea of what we need, which is not always what we need, but sometimes it is sometimes, you know, but I also love Gabrielle Bernstein even talks about the type of house that she wants to live in. And she said, you know, I need space so that when I'm out sharing with the world that I can go back and connect with my family in a place where I feel serene and I feel zen and it helps me to reconnect. And I think that becoming unapologetic about that and clear about that is really important. Javon said that a lot in the workshop, the universe rewards specifics. And the more mm -hmm. specific you are, the more clarity a man has around his vision because it was a men's focus workshop that that is what will help you move in that direction because a lot of times we're just so like oh i want like a new house well it's like that's not or a new job it's like well that's not very specific there's like so many professions out there so many jobs it's like you got to become a lot more specific because you're not going to find that and even for yourself and your own mind and like the reticular activation system just like defining what it is and so you can go after that because if it's too broad you're just going to keep going in different directions and never laser down into where you need to go yeah, and that's, and that's really the thing. Like one of my favorite tools that I always use is like, 
you write the story. I mean, yeah, there, there are certain things I believe that are going to unfold in our life no matter what, but ultimately we're creating our own reality every day. And the more specific and the more much, more intention we can have with that, the better. And so I am constantly writing stories about my life and not, you know, and then put them away and don't get too attached to them. But in the idea of like, these are the feelings that I want to be um, embodying this year. This is, uh, these are the types of relationships that I want to have. This is um, the type of job that I want to have. This is how I want to feel when I'm there. These are the people that I want to be helping. Um, this is the type of place that I want to live on or live in. And I think that, you know, really getting clear about the fact that we can write our own stories and that we are. And I think that doing everything we can to really getting as clear and specific as possible. But then, you know, also focusing at the end of it, too, on this or something better um, is good, too, because we also just don't want to get too attached to anything that we're creating. But um because the universe always has a better plan if, if it doesn't work out that way. But I found that that's been a massive game changer for me is just knowing that every day I can create the story and that it, it will often materialize the more specific that I am. When you say create the story, you're just writing down like, you know, let's say like a page or half a page about how you want your future to look. Yeah, I'll do it. For example, I'll do it uh, before I just did it recently because I'm going to Greece this year and I'm excited for this trip. And so I'll write the story of, of it's basically me writing, writing a letter to myself at the end of that trip of being, you know, saying, Oh, I saw this and it made me feel this. I met people and, and we talked about these things and I felt deeply inspired. And, and so a lot of the time it's that I'm writing kind of, you know, letters to myself in the future, but writing them now. With a focus on feeling, because I feel like he said that you want to know how you feel when you get, and that's such a key part of this, that type of exercise is understanding what emotions you want to be connected with or be feeling in the moment when you get there or have achieved that. Yeah, because I, you mean, I'm also a huge fan of just manifesting things for the sake of manifesting them. And I've done that a lot in my life because I found out about, I read the book, The Secret when I was very young. And so I used to be like, and then I would create anything I wanted in my life. I'd say, okay, I want to have, um, that it was just when I used to create the story for myself, it was often from a place, um, uh, it was from ex it was not it was not as intentional in terms of was it actually aligning with what the experiences that I needed and the things that I needed. Um, instead, it was just things that I thought that I wanted. And so now I really focus instead about the feelings that I want to be cultivating as opposed to the things that I want to be cultivating. Um, it just helps me personally, like stay stay true and stay aligned in a way that when I focus more on specifics of things or attributes or things like that um that i'm not as clear on i guess on the topic of feelings i told you how one thing that i've battled with is my sexuality and and talked a bit about this in a recent podcast i recognize that self-love is something that's really important for me to work on it's like if you don't love yourself you're not letting love into your life and you can't give love back. And so this is a huge chapter that I'm in right now of really working on the relationship with myself, improving the amount of happiness and joy I feel in my life, and just loving myself more to be able to give more love back to my community, to my audience, to the world. How do you practice self-love? What do you do in your day-to-day? 
Um, in order to practice self-love for myself, my favorite thing to do are my grounding practices. And so my grounding practices are those practices that reconnect me, um, again, with with myself, with my highest self. And I consider them loving practices because um, because they are ultimately there to fuel me by um, just connecting to my highest truth and, and my deepest part of myself. Those practices are meditation. I meditate every day, always. Um, that's a non-negotiable in my life. Um, also, journaling is a massive one for myself, um, as is doing yoga or going for a run. And the reason to me that that they're cultivating self-love is because those are the things that I do to make myself feel uh, connected to myself. It helps me to feel clear. It helps me if I am feeling agitated or overwhelmed or, or you know, if I'm just not feeling like I'm in the flow and I'm not feeling happy. It's, it's the space that I create for myself in a loving way to really to unravel that and to uncover that and to sit with that and then ultimately to to either release that or or fit, you know come back to a place of love about it um, and process it. But those are the things that I do in order to keep myself balanced. And it's to me the most loving thing you can do for yourself is just is to carve out time for yourself that's just for you to connect to yourself or to feel proud of yourself, any one of those things. When you say your meditation is non-negotiable, is it like a set time first in the morning or at night, or is it just like you always find a time for it at some point in the day to make it happen? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely do meditate every morning, but yeah, there, there will be a morning every so often where I just, you know, sleep through the alarm and then, and then I, I don't have time and then I'll do it later. So I, it's a non-negotiable in that it definitely happens every day. I do meditate every morning unless there are extenuating circumstances. And I also will often meditate in the evenings. Um, if, if, again, if I'm feeling more overwhelmed, if I'm noticing myself getting a little bit agitated or I'm just not feeling fully myself or I'm feeling depleted, then I'll also meditate for a lot longer in the evenings. You're building out a website right now. Talk a bit about the name of the company, organization, whatever you want to call it, you're building, and a bit more about it. So the name of the website is lovewarrior.ca. And, um, Amazing. I love it, by the way. <laughs> the organization or business that I'm building is one um, where I can create uh, content that is designed to help people on their own path of transformation. And so, again, like as I was saying at the beginning, that true love is not for the faint of heart. It's because I always call the path of transformation the path of really taking responsibility for your life and learning how to love yourself truly and learning how to love yourself enough to take full responsibility for every um, area of your life. Um, it is, it can be tough and it's the path of the warrior. And so that's why I called it love warrior. Um, and it's ultimately, I, I always called myself a love warrior because, you know, to show up every day, not only for yourself, but when there's so much negativity in this world and there's so much, um, there's so much darkness and there's, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff out there and to still show up with conviction, with pure love, with, with, 
um, with your best self, with positivity, with your own happiness, with your good energy, despite everything that's going on around you. I think that that's the path of the warrior. And I think that it's not easy to show up every day um, living your truth. And so that's why I also call it uh, the love warrior. And that's what I want to help other people in doing is learning what their truth is and supporting them in order uh, in order to uncover that for themselves, firstly, because it does take, I think, some work to to unravel your patterns to to get to the core of who you really are in your soul and what that looks like um and so the website will be designed to create those resources for people both just you know through my own writing and my own video content but also through the mentoring and coaching that i do as well um it's really to help people on their path of of self-development because i think that it is it's tough work it's the path of the warrior and i think that the more support that you can have uh, the better. Alexi Panos just had a really good video recently where she talks about it's really easy to show up in a city of negativity and like busyness and hustle with a lot of love. And then she just pauses, she's like, no, it's actually not really easy. It's like the hardest fucking thing you can do. And then yeah. she goes on to talk about how, yeah, you have to be a warrior, right? If you really want to, you know, show up with love every single day, it takes work. It takes effort takes commitment it's not an easy thing to do and i think what you're building is the same thing it's just like how do you cultivate that spirit and really connect and align yourself with the right fundamental core values so you can show up every single day do that again and again and again Mm -hmm. yeah it is and i i love that that she said that because that's you know it's what i originally was finding was getting lost on some of this um, sometimes when these when these spiritual messages or these personal development messages are trying are being translated from from previous generations, um, I think that what's happening or what I was seeing happening before is that they weren't always saying they were they were showing you the end product, which is of course you you know you meet these people and they're so vibrant and they're so happy and you can feel their energy and that's amazing, but you don't always see all the effort that comes into it you don't see that they've made a daily commitment to themselves to show up in that way you don't see when they've had to like clear through you know a bunch of shit in them in their own psyches in order to get to that point and not only to have done that in the past but then to continue to show up every day um being the light it's um but it's you know it's our duty i think that if we've learned about this stuff and if we i think that that's what ends up being the biggest driving force is that when you've learned how to live in the light that's what makes you a warrior you just you see you see it's your calling it becomes your calling i think that all of us ultimately are being called to step into our highest selves every day and to step into the light every day and and once you start choosing to step into the light every day, you see how easy things become and how much life can flow. Um, but it doesn't mean that you're not giving curveballs every day that are trying to get you out of that. And then that's just another, you know, another way that you have to choose how to be the warrior again that day. Talk a bit about the program you're building. I believe you've divided into it uh, three modules. It's a 90 day program and it's mind body soul i guess there's gonna be 30 days for each one talk a bit more about what you're creating right now so we actually we do we touch on mind body soul and um career so that's become a focus of what we do in all three modules and the way that we um 
that I've actually now structured it in terms of the 90 days is the first month is all about um, foundations. And so it's basically helping people to get really clear about what is working really well in their life, what is flowing, and then really clear about what isn't flowing so well. Um, and where are they feeling a little bit blocked or where are they feeling a little bit stagnant or where are they feeling like they're in a rut? And the first month are um, sessions and tools that are all designed in order to get really clear about um, how can we make it so that all the things that are kind of um, in your immediate focus that are hanging over your head, how can we um, how can we, you know, alleviate those and get those under control and. Um, the practices that are normally built into that first month are, you know, setting a daily meditation practice, even if it's just for five minutes, you know, setting some, uh, some of the tools have to do with, you know, defining values, these really foundational, um, these really foundational practices and conversations in order just to make sure that you have um, good soil, because then the second month is really about doing a deeper dive into um, self-inquiry and into um, into our minds and about what's really stopping us from remembering the love that we are and um, and for con- not connecting with our highest self, the most amazing, vibrant um, version of ourselves. And so that's when I use a lot of these ancient spiritual tools that have just been passed down. And, you know, people are always redefining what they what they are, but they're basically tools that are designed to help you get um, deeper into your reflections and to bust through a lot of um, the different limiting thoughts that have been created and stories that you've been telling yourselves and burdens that you have been bearing and people that you have not forgiven um, and clearing through all of that and really clearing um, clearing house. So that's the second part of the program. And again, there's an element of it that also just has to do with getting really clear about things that you want to get under control that month. And then once you've cleared house and a deep dive in the second month, then the last month is once you've cleared through that, you, you know, everyone always describes, they just feel so free. You feel so light. You've gotten rid of all of this baggage basically. And then now the idea is, well, what do you do with that? And then that month is all about helping people to get really clear about where their soul is pulling them, like in what direction, um, are they feeling called? And so where do, where do they think their purpose might be right now? What does their life purpose look like? And then getting really clear about um, how to get moving in that direction, what's stopping you from moving in that direction, um, and really starting to blast forward into where you're being called. So it's kind of like foundations followed by really doing a deep clean. And then once you've cleaned up your psyche and really blasting forward with where, where you're supposed to be. I'm sold. You can sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> what is your greatest personal struggle right now and what you're building? Um, my greatest personal struggle and what I'm building is that I, um, I love planning for the future and I love steps. Um, and I love knowing methodical steps. I mean, ultimately my background and my, and what I do is I'm a lawyer. I love, you know, this is what the law is. This is how you apply. And this is, you know, kind of what our answer is. And even the steps to get to law are very much like that. You know, you go to undergrad and then you go right to LSAT and then you go to law school and then you get an articling position. And, um, and that's very, you know, that's great. And I, I love structure like that. One of my biggest struggles that I'm working on right now is, um, kind of putting, 
putting my need or the story that I tell myself about the need to know what the next steps are, know how everything's going to unfold um, and make things happen for myself and really learning instead just to trust um, to trust the process and to know that as long as I'm doing what my intuition is telling me to do and I'm building things slowly um, from the heart that it will unfold in the way that it's intended to. So right now, you know, I'm only really clear about what the next six months to a year look like in, you know, in building this. And I don't know what it looks like after that. And I don't know how it's going to go. And I think that there are so many unknowns and, and, um, while I love unknowns in my in some in most of my personal life, I'm uncomfortable with that typically in terms of my vocation, and so that's that's been a new thing for me for sure. Always a struggle as an entrepreneur not knowing where you're going with it, right, is a key thing. I remember somebody once told me, you know, building a business or being an entrepreneur is like, you know, you build the plane, but it's already taken off. So you basically have your wings and your frame, and it's like, and you're flying through the air, but you're attaching everything else while it's flying and that's exactly what it is you have to have faith in the process and just keep going one step at a time and keep moving that direction yeah it's tough i it's so that's totally foreign for me too it's just it's so it's it's really cool but it's it's definitely super foreign to me and and definitely foreign to what i've ever thought before what is one piece of advice somebody that's struggling or wrestling in their life based on what we talked about today what would you suggest for them um, that when you're feeling, um, alone and you're feeling overwhelmed, it means that you're relying on your own power too much. Um, and to remember that, you know, not only do you have this entire universe that is, um, allowing things to unfold in a way that, you know, we can never imagine. Think about the way that nature even works. Think of all the intricacies of that. Like there, there is a higher power that is always at play that is assisting all living things. So in the same way that animals are getting enough to eat and the trees are still growing, there is something that is helping all living beings um, to, to thrive and to grow. And so, so there's support that is coming to you from this, from this living energy and from the universe. And aside from that, if that is too woo-woo for you, then no, you know, there is one thing that I think that I've really had to, to work through myself is knowing that, um, that support is always available. You just have to ask for it. And I think that for people who are typically go-getters, and I think a lot of millennials are, and you know, or many people are, but I think I particularly see it in our generation, um, that asking, getting vulnerable and asking for help is one of the most powerful things that you can do. And just asking for support or asking people to witness your process um, is one of the most valuable things that you can do, and it's always, it's always available. I love it. It wasn't too woo-woo for me at all. But I guess for the people that, yeah, for more practical, and business, it always goes back to, you know, you have to ask, make a request, right? You know, they always say, like, you don't get the sale that you don't ask for. Like, you don't get the contact or introduction to the super wealthy venture capital guy unless you ask, right? So one of the oldest pieces of advice in the business world is, like, you know, you have to be willing to ask for it. And I feel like you just took it a little bit higher one level up just ask the universe for it, right? You know, it's an abundant world that we live in. Like like you said, organisms live in coexistence and we need to not always look at it just we're by ourselves in this rat race. We're all in it together. And so find people that can align with you. And I think you see that more and more happen with the communities popping up 
in so many different ways shapes or forms in the world right now through the internet. Yeah, for sure. The internet has been so powerful in that way. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Where can people reach out to you? Um, and you can tell me the website and we can put it on there when the podcast comes out. But for the meantime, where can people reach out to you? People can reach out to me either through my email, which is hello at lovewarrior.ca or also through Instagram. It's love underscore warrior. And I would love to hear what you think or where you're going or provide any guidance in terms of if you're just if you're just starting to explore your connection with your intuition or if you have any questions about that. I, I love to be a guide and to help people and to help shepherd them through their own process. Amazing. Thank you, Katie, so much for your time today. Thank you. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Katie Fenn. I hope you enjoyed that. There's one thing that I want to draw your attention to, and that is when Katie talked about how to connect with your deepest self, she really stressed the importance of creating space in our lives. When we create space, what we're trying to do is create a moment or two in our day where we can sit down and really tune in with our intuitive voice. The voice that isn't our inner critic, it's not the perfectionist or the egoic inside of us. It's the voice that is comforting and supportive of us. The way she said to look out for it is listening to the voice that sounds like our best friend. And that is the voice that can guide you along the way to live a life in much more flow. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, I ask you share it with one person. You can also jump onto my homepage, philipserpinski.com, sign up for the email list and have all the episodes sent directly to you when they come out. Thank you so much for your time and I look forward to having you as a guest on the show next time.